Ahoy! Welcome to a new episode of Making Maroonda, Australia's greatest and most popular podcast about the city of Maroonda. Uh, to be fair, it might also be the only podcast about Maroonda, but hey, let's not focus on that. Firstly, as always, I must thank you all again for the encouraging feedback and support on social media. The Making Marinda pages on Facebook and Instagram have picked up a lot of followers in the past week uh, alone. Thanks in part to this week's guest, actually, who made a special effort to promote the show to his friends and clients. So I can't thank him enough for that, and I hope you'll all tell your friends and family too. It, it As I say, it makes a big difference. Um, really, really, really big difference. So hey, we're slowly coming into a new phase uh, of the COVID-19 lockdown. Uh, Dan Andrews' announcements and the City of Marinda's announcements are all fairly encouraging, depending on how you feel about whether or not we should actually be coming out of lockdown yet. But for you know the, the starved businesses and sports clubs and community groups in the area, it's obviously pretty important. It could potentially make a massive difference, and I suppose it's understandable that they would be excited about this opportunity to slowly start to ramp things up again soon. Um, so that's you know that's a good thing. Uh, I hope you've all weathered the storm as well as possible up to this point. Um, so here's hoping this latest phase will lead to good things for us all. Now on to my guest. This week, I'm talking with Damien Vanterpool, manager of Snap Fitness in Croydon. We talked about how Damien found his way to Australia and what led him to settling here in Croydon, in Maroondah. Uh, no surprise, at least for those who know him, uh, his passion for fitness and people played a really big part in that journey. So uh, enough of me yabbering. Let's get on to my yabbering intro in my chat with Damien. I hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, please jump onto the social media pages to let me know what you think and how I might improve the show, probably with less of me talking. I get it. I get it. Hello, listeners. I'm joined today by Damien Vanterpool, the man that runs Snap Fitness in Croydon. Uh, I first met Damien when he was doing his job trying to entice potential new members to join um, uh, in Main Street in Croydon. And I immediately thought, what a lovely guy. If I were ever going to join a gym, it would be Damien's gym. Uh, and eventually, years later, I did. Um, I joined very recently, in fact, just weeks before the lockdown. So it's hard to say I've gotten the most out of the experience yet, but um, I'm excited to go back. Damien, thank you for joining us. How are you? Oh, doing very good, Mike. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me today. I'm glad Appreciate to hear it. it. Glad to hear it. Now, um, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say up front, I, you know, I don't know you as well as our mutual friend, Kev, who's been a, a client of yours for some time. Hello, Kev. Um, but I have to say, I find you if this doesn't sound too weird, to be an intriguing man. Um, you're not a native Aussie, obviously, um, but you've certainly made Australia your home. Uh, you're deeply involved in, uh, well, really multiple areas of the community, as far as I can tell. Um, you're well regarded by everybody uh, that I've ever heard mention your name. Um, and you're involved in a number of different things. So I hardly know where to start. There's so much more to you than, than just Snap Fitness. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Well, I, I, I wasn't even aware of that. So uh, thank, you for those, <laughs> thank you for those kind words. I, uh, well, it's good to know at least one other person uh, thinks, thinks okay of me. Um, and that's a starting point. You're quite welcome, mate. Well, look, firstly, I guess um, what I would like to know anyway, what, what brought you to Australia and, and I guess specifically Croydon as well in Maroondah? Yeah, okay. Uh, I'll try to keep it uh, concise. Sure. Um, 
came here in 2012. Uh, at the time, I was um, seeing an Australian young lady that I met in Europe. And uh, look, we thought the relationship was going pretty well uh, while we we're in Europe. So what was the point of you know breaking up? And let's let's go ahead and see it and see how far it goes. So that led uh, me to come to Australia because my partner at the time, uh, it was easier for me to come to Australia than it was for her to go to the U.S. Sure. Uh, and so yeah, that that how I ended up in Australia. Uh, her family uh, being from Melbourne. Uh, we started off in uh, Ashwood. Uh, some people might know Ashburton. Yep. And uh, from there, we slowly started trickling closer to Croydon. Um, I actually attained a Snap Fitness job four weeks uh, after landing in Australia. So oh, wow. that that was kind of the, the starter to what brought me out towards the eastern suburbs in Maroondah. Um, and in terms of how I ended up in Croydon, uh, what I found was when I was at the gym and having conversation with uh, members, people that I've met, you know, they would always say, oh, I live on this street and that street. Uh, and that's how people refer to where you live. But I didn't know any of those places. <laughs> sure. And so I went home one day and I, I said to my partner at the time, I I, I feel like I'm selling a lie. I'm, I, you know, we're running a local business, but I'm not local. You know, I don't, none of my income goes back into the community in which we, we function and work. Oh, so you were so, running the Croydon uh, branch before you'd moved out here? Uh, no, just it was a month after I moved out here. Right, okay. Yeah, a month after we moved out here. So there was a few different um, Snap places I went to before. Mm-hmm. We opened up in July. Um, I started with Snap Fitness Croydon before they were an actual physical uh, entity. Um, and yeah, but when we actually opened up, I found that I couldn't really relate to what people were saying, where they were going, where they were shopping, where they were eating. Uh, and I thought that uh, it's not fair to say we're a local business if I'm not local. So my partner and I spoke. And we looked for a place in Croydon, and that would pretty much led us to where we're at now. That's cool. What was the um, what was the store before it was a snap? Uh, from what I've gathered from people I've spoken to, uh, one point it was a video store. I thought so. Um, and another point it was a lighten. I think it's like a lighten, electrical lighten store. Okay. Yeah, I had when a feeling we, it was like a video here, easy was... or something, but I couldn't. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Well, when we when we first came in to look at the site, it was just uh, a concrete slab with nothing in there. So, yeah. Well, now it's a concrete slab with a lot of uh, exercise equipment. Yeah, with health and fitness things. It's a surprise <laughs> yeah. how it changes. Well, it's a, it's a good fit. Um, now, look, I, I have to say, Damien. I mean, you are a fitness expert, but me, like most people, I'm. Uh, how shall I say? I'm disgusted at the idea of physical activity when there's a perfectly good couch and TV going to waste. Uh, no, I kid, I kid. <laughs> but uh, how did you actually come to join uh, the Snap business itself? Did you did you already have uh, a, a background in in fitness and personal training? Uh, yeah, so I um, I actually did my personal training course back in 2007 um, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And uh, while I was traveling around the world, I did some pieces here or there, but I never made it my, my livelihood. And uh, in terms of the Snap Fitness, uh, when I came to Australia, my mentor at the time in Europe said, I saw this job opening and I think it's perfect for you. I, I think you should at least look at it and apply. And... At the time, I wasn't really, I wanted to go into more charity, um, you know, work with the homeless or food oh, wow. drives and such. Wow. And that's what I was more into when I was looking at. But he, you know, he spoke very highly and said, look, I really think it's you. I've worked with you long enough. 
anyway, he sent the information to me. I looked it over, um, spoke to my partner at the time, and we thought, hey, why not? Um, it allowed me to put two things together into one, and that was in uh, April 2012. Okay. What was your, a bit of a sidetrack, but what was your motivator or, or driver for the, your previous goal of working in charity and, and with the needy? You could kind of say uh, it hits close to home, more personal. Okay. Um, I didn't grow up in the most astute or affluent uh, family, mm-hmm. um, but my mom worked her butt off to make sure that we had our basics. Um, but uh, sometimes that hard work still isn't enough. And we had to reach out to uh, resources in the community from time to time, like your uh, Toys for Tots, your Salvation Army, uh, during Christmas time to get some help with food, um, you know, the food stamps to, to help us, I guess, meet the basic needs. Mm. And so I guess as I got older, I wanted to see how I can return some of the goodness that was given to me and my family or my family and I and return that to other people that might be in the situation I was back then. That's amazing. That's, that's a, good, uh, a good spirited thing to do to actually, as they say, pay it forward and, and sort of take that mantle on yourself and help, the, help others the way you were helped. That's good. Yeah, I think so. I think it's necessary. For me, at least, it's, it's a personal thing to where I do think it needs to be paid forward, uh, especially if you're in a position to do it. Mm. Um, you know, why not? I think that's really cool. How did you end up in uh, in Europe, and whereabouts in Europe were you based? Okay, yeah. So Europe, similar. I was actually uh, at my uh, university, as our uni, as you say here in Australia. <laughs> uh, I actually, um, in my business school, I met a group of Dutch students that came over to do an exchange, and we all we all hit it off. We, you know, I kind of became a little bit of their ambassador, you can say. <laughs> uh, but we, yeah, we spent a lot of time together because I was fascinated. I had I didn't know as much about Europe and Europeans, so to spend time with them, it was, it was just fascinating to see how they were, how they spoke, how they dressed, and yeah, we all became pretty close. And one of the ladies in the group, um, her and I became closer over time, and uh, that blossomed into a relationship. Um, I was studying a Spanish degree along with my business degree, and I was actually looking to go to Mexico after I graduated from uni, um, but our relationship was working well. Um, she was going back to Europe and she said, hey, um, you know, maybe you could look at doing something else for the time being. Uh, I looked at going to Spain, but the Spanish economy at the time had, had taken a big hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, well, why don't you come to the Netherlands? And then when the Spanish economy uh, improves, you can go over there and use your degree. Uh, well, safe to say, I never ended up in Spain, but I ended up in the Netherlands for three and a half years, wow. and, and that was a fantastic experience. Can you? Uh, so you can speak Dutch, I, I imagine. I mean, their English is quite good, but did you pick up Dutch? Yeah, their English is, is pretty good. Um, I would say right now my Dutch isn't as good as it was eight years ago. You I wouldn't have much, much cause to use it now, would you? No, not yeah. much, but I try to. Um, I would still be able to. I think intermediately carry on a conversation mm-hmm. um, the longer I spent time in the language I would pick that back up a lot quicker so you studied business I think you mentioned in, in college or university yes sir I did um, how did you find what again I mean you said that you liked or loved the idea of working in uh, charity but was was that also what you set out to when you decided to study business at college no the business side uh, it was <laughs> It was quite interesting. I actually initially went to, 
I went to college for two things. Um, one was on parties. a track and field scholarship. Oh. Uh, well, the parties <laughs> part that that came that came next. Of <laughs> that course. Came next. Of course. Uh, look, it was actually yeah, so I was there on a track and field scholarship, but um, I believe in the idea of a student athlete, so mm -hmm. being a student first, an athlete next. Um, so I actually initially started off with a piano for my first semester. Wow. Uh, and then I realized I actually really wanted to get into computer science or CSI is what it was called back then. Mm -hmm. uh, CISI, com Computer Information Systems. And um, a little while through, I, I kind of said to myself, there's no way I can spend the rest of my life sitting behind a computer uh, working. Yeah. And um, so when I had to look at how many course credits I had at the period of time, it was actually smarter for me to move over to business and keep most of my credits than it would have been to change all the way over. Um, so business was the next part that I took on. And um, I then look at management. And along with the management, I looked at human behavior and an emphasis on Spanish. That's cool. And I was just thinking as well, uh, while you were saying that, uh, that you, know, you ended up in Europe, you, you went over for a relationship, you came over here because of a relationship. It sounds like you're very, even though you've got a business mind, it sounds like you're quite driven by the heart as well. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, look, I, I would say I, I beg to differ, but I think the, um, I think I think the evidence the speaks for up. itself. Yeah. yeah, I think the evidence speaks for itself. So um, <laughs> I, I might not show it, but yeah, I actually, I laugh about that quite a bit. For someone that says he's not a relationship guy, it's, it's definitely taking me around the world and back. That's cool. I like that a lot. Um, now, obviously, uh, well, at the time that we're recording this, it's the 11th of, uh, God, what month are we in? May. And, we're in May uh, now. Yeah, we're that's May. right. Wow. And, and just today, uh, Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews uh, announced some, some easing up on the restrictions. Uh, we can have friends over and so on. But unfortunately, at this point, businesses like yours still can't open. But what's the, I might have missed it in his announcement. Do you know yet what the outlook is for you to be able to reopen? Uh, from what I'm known in terms of updates, uh, the fitness industry is in stage two. Okay. That's when uh, that information kicks in. I believe now the first stage is more focused on trying to get people out of their house and outside, yeah. Yeah. Um, or at least starting to in engage with other people more. What if, um, what if you move into the gym and that way you can have five friends over and we can all just randomly work out? Well, look, I think that would have been, it would have been a pretty good idea, but they're pretty strict on the idea of even the gym being used as a gym personally, yeah. privately. Um, so I, I'm, I'm actually respectful of that is that, yeah, it, um, we're only allowed in for business purposes. And yeah. unfortunately, my friends, even though I've met them through the gym, uh, that wouldn't really count in this case. No, they're, they're smarter than we give them credit for, aren't they? <laughs> the... Um... Now, obviously, one of the, the biggest issues, as we've discussed and as I've learned on previous shows, is for, for businesses during lockdown just staying afloat. Now, you're part of a, a, much, a much larger company. It's not, not your own little small business, um, so there's, there's a different dimension there. But how, in, how is Snap going during this time? Uh, well, that's a very good question. You can say we're not... Uh, in terms of the bare bones, the structure, we're not, we're not going. Not doing anything, that's, yeah. That, yeah, that's probably the, that was the main idea is, uh, you know, trying to remove that uh, potential um, contamination zone, you would say, in this mm. case. Um, but from a, I guess, a behind-the-scenes standpoint, uh, you know, we've created some magical relationships in our eight years here, almost eight years. And 
I thought that it was important that we tried to maintain those or at least still engage with the people that we engage with day in, day out for, you know, months, days, years, as it might be. So as a structure, uh, we're not functioning, but independently, each site, each club um, are doing things behind the scenes to keep in touch with members, provide any kind of resource necessary, uh, which has been wonderful from a top-down approach. So from Snap Fitness Corporate down to all of the clubs, you know, we have our challenges um, happening, which you can do at home, do online. Uh, the personal trainers have all moved to a virtual standpoint. And uh, myself as the club manager, you know, I've tried to, to pass on some positive vibes uh, using our social media streams, yeah. uh, video content and such as. My experience with you is that you only have positive vibes. Um, I've never never seen you snap, so to speak. Um, now, I can't speak for other gyms, but my experience, although still only early, um, with Snap Croydon is that you have a really thriving little uh, group on Facebook that all of the members or, or clients, if you will, uh, involved with, and you're very active on there, keeping everybody's spirits up and posting videos and, and suggestions and, uh, and as you mentioned before, sort of tips for coping during lockdown and so on. Is that, um, is that something that you think is unique to, to your branch or to Snap or, or is it just a bit of a Damien thing to run that way? Uh, look, I, I would hope other um, fitness clubs or businesses are doing something similar. It, it's more my thing. I I, I, I have pride myself on trying to run our club uh, from that, you can say, American customer service standpoint. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the member, the client, the customer, whichever term you want to use, uh, you know, they're our main focal point. Like, we wouldn't be a business without our members, without um, the coaches' interaction. So that was more my thing where I... I, it's easy to find negativity. So let's uh, infuse as much positivity as we can to try to water down the negativity when possible. That's really cool. How are you finding in your um, interactions with, with members in the group? And, and I know that you've been calling members to see how they're going. You called me last week just to check yes, in. Yes, I did. Um, and it was, check in to see how you're doing. Exactly. And it was clear there was nothing more to it. I mean, obviously, it's, it's just good business sense to... to um, to interact with clients like that, but it's it's clear in the way you deal with people, I find that that you are just calling as a friend to see how things are going. Um, That's how, true. How are you finding in the community that people are coping at the moment, not being able to get in? I know you've had a lot of people that are in there quite often, um, so it's a big change for them to not to not be able to get in and, and get that workout in. Do you, are you seeing much of a strain for people emotionally, psychologically? Look, this wonderful question, it's something that's been on my mind since the day we were told we needed to close, is what happens to us? Uh, and when I say us, that's not just myself, uh, the coaches, Darcy and such, but the people that, that do come once, twice, three, four plus times a week uh, or every couple of weeks, um, that's like our third place. You know, there's home, there's work, and then there's the fitness center, yeah. uh, in this case, or your sporting club. And... What I'm finding, it's, it's kind of split right down the middle. There's the people that I guess you can kind of say they, their coping mechanisms naturally has kicked in and, you know, they're adapting, adapting as best as possible. And, and you've got the others that you can kind of say they're just waiting until they can do more. Yeah. Uh, I remember when, when we spoke on the phone last week and, and you asked if I'd been 
if I'd been working out and I said no, not even a little bit because for me, <laughs> coping during lockdown is to just keep it cool, watch as much TV as I can and chill yeah, out. Yeah, just to relax. <laughs> yeah, just to chill and relax. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and uh, my personal trainer at, at uh, Snap Croydon is, is Sonny and he's been in touch as well because he's doing, uh, and I'm sure all of the uh, personal trainers are, he's doing virtual uh, sessions where everybody's yes. dialing in and following along. Uh, and, I, and I just, I can't bring myself to do it that way. I, I don't work well with uh, exercise apps either because I need to be there and surrounded by the vibe and the energy and the, yes. the atmosphere. So I'm really looking forward to the gym reopening because I badly need to get back in. Um, I've, I'm have, right there with you. Haven't stepped on a scales right in you. weeks. Yeah. No, I bet. Um, what I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. Uh, I so badly want to call you Damo. Every Damien I know is a Damo, but I won't do that to you. Yeah, well, everyone calls me. Look, <laughs> everyone calls me Damo. I don't really listen to it. I just nod my head and go, okay. But hey, I think we, let's keep it natural as much as you need to. Right? No, that's okay. I can I can go with Damien. I'll, I'll make it work. Now I, I am going to put you on the spot, though. I believe. All right. Um, I'll try to get ready. It's it's not that big. I believe you play uh, American football. What do you prefer to call it? Gridiron? Is that the same thing? Uh, I, same thing, whatever term you use. American football is probably the, uh, I think, the terminology that, that's easier to use around the world. Okay, cool. Um, because if you're in Europe and you say football, uh, you know, yeah. they're thinking soccer. In Australia, well, in Melbourne, if you say football, they're thinking AFL. AFL. If you go to New South Wales and you say football, they're thinking rugby. So, yeah, American football is close. Cool. So the, the question there is, um, no, I understand that you play, but, but you do understand that Aussie rules is the superior code, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh. I'm definitely we're out, we're outnumbered. We're outnumbered <laughs> down. Here. You can say that we we do have a cult following for this, uh, American football, but we're outnumbered. So we just kind of just we just blend in in the background. There's just no pushing you. I was hoping for a reaction there, but I couldn't get one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right. we, we know where we stand. No, no, no. no and, and for my listeners, uh, uh, I, I don't truly believe that all. Any, any sport is, is a good sport if you're actually out there doing it. Um, but obviously we are obsessed with Aussie rules here. Although um, soccer or your, the world game has really taken off in the past couple of decades as well. What are you finding the local interest is like uh, in American football? I know we've got a field there just across the road um, from your gym. What's the, what's the general response among Aussies like to American football? You know, that's, uh, well, look, I think it's not too bad. Um, I, I think it's better now than it was a few years ago when I moved here because American football was ran the same time as rugby and footy. And so from a player's standpoint, unless you really love uh, American football, um, you would more than likely be watching or playing footy, uh, rugby, such as. So you can say then maybe it wasn't as interactive as it is now where the uh, Gridiron Victoria and Gridiron Australia um, decided to move the season to start when the American football season starts, Okay. Um, which I think is absolutely genius. So um, now is our season usually starts in August, which is when American college football starts. Mm -hmm. uh, so to me, is if it's on TV and you're watching it, you, you know, you're pumped and you want, man, I want to go play. Well, then you can actually go down to your local American football club and play. Yeah. So it's, it starts in the middle of the American summer then, I guess. Uh, yeah, the ending part of the summer going into our fall. Yeah, okay, cool. Is there any, um, I mean, you're not a representative of Gridiron Victoria in Australia, but 
Do you know if there's much of a push to to um, get some real funding into it and, and try to make it, you know, uh, I don't know what, a third or fourth major code among the, the ball sports in Australia? I know the the um, the A-League for the soccer, that sort of has really taken off in the past couple of decades as well. Is there is there some energy there to get that happening with American football? Yes, look, from what I've gathered and heard, there Gridiron Australia has been working towards that. Um, there is a national uh, gridiron competition that runs. Uh, so it's state versus state. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so that's been going on for a few years now. Um, and they, I think there was a talk about incorporating a national gridiron league. Uh, but that was probably about two years ago. I'm, I'm not sure where they stand with that. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think if with time, I think as a lot of international sports come to Australia and get larger and you start getting things like Super Bowl parties and big names coming here. Uh, I think it's only a matter of time. But for the time being, we're still uh, a local club game, you can say, uh, yeah. Victorian-wide. But even the competition in Victorian Victoria, um, I'm very pleased by I'm very impressed by the, the level and quality of play uh, and competition has been really good. That's cool. Um, what, uh, what club do you play for? Uh, the Croydon uh, Rangers Gridiron Club. So that's the one across the road from the gym? Just right across the road, yeah. Like I said, my whole thing is staying local. So. Yeah, of course. Are you the only American on the on the side? Uh, most most times, yeah. Okay. So um, some of the part of the league play or league setup is that you can bring in what we call an import. So some clubs will go and look at the collegiate system and bring over a player to have you know a season overseas there in australia oh wow um and that's really nice because it 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 allows me to catch up with some back home news but i think it is also they bring in some of their skill and knowledge that's fresh from their system and bring that in but also i think it gives the australian uh, league an idea of how competitive they are that's pretty cool. And hey, listen, I need to um, I need to introduce you to the internet. That's a really cool way to stay up to date with with news back home as well. <laughs> yes. Look, you know what? As much time as I spend close to a computer or phone, you would think I would be more up to date. But I, I, I'm trying to be a jack of all trades, and unfortunately, when you're doing that, you do miss out on some of the basic things. No, of course, you're a very busy man. Um, what are you? So we've talked about American football, and of course, we've talked about Snap. But uh, I happen to know that you're involved with a number of different things, and I think uh, one of those is I think pet walking, but also pet rescue. Is that right, or some sort of animal welfare program? Yeah. <laughs> Well, you can say that. Yeah, I'm just like I'm just a weird guy. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, so weird to uh, yeah. care about people, Damien. Just, uh... well, yeah, just a weird guy. Yes. Just um, yeah. So there's a, uh, a local um, animal rescue called Petshaven. Um, they have two centers. There's one on the corner of Bayswater Road and Canterbury Road, and that's uh, like their shelter and vet clinic. Mm-hmm. And then they've also got a shelter out in a place called Woodend. Um, oh, and that's a while away. It's a little while away, yeah, yeah. So I haven't been to that one yet, but at least because I can stay local with the uh, one there in Bayswater North. Yeah, and uh, like when the gym closed down, um, I wanted to see what I can do to give back to the community. And strangely enough, this just came across. Someone said, "Have you thought about pet dog walking?" I go, "Not really, not my thing." And but I said, <laughs> "I said why not? Hey, I've got the time." So I went down. I I called the local shelter and said, "Hey." I've got, you know, they say probably up to six months of uh, time off. I wanted to see if I can foster an animal or volunteer, you know, anything I can do to help out. 
um, they replied back and said, you know, unfortunately, we've got tons of volunteers and we have tons of um, the foster families, but we do have needs for dog walkers. And I go, well, hey, let me go try it out. And from the first time I did it, it was it was very uh, humbling, uh, not just for me as a person, but I think just our our animal friends or I guess the the animals we share the planet with. It was very uh, humbling to spend time with another being that has, in some case, been through hardship and they just need some love and affection. That's really cool. So it's a, it's a new thing for you. I, I think I was under the impression that it's sort of a, a, a long-running um, passion for you, but it is it is now? Uh, yeah, yeah, it is now. Now that I've done it, I've, I think I'm in my sixth week now, and I've only missed one day in that six in those six weeks um, that I haven't made it down to walk a dog. And I think it's a win-win. It's a win for the shelter uh, because their volunteers can actually spend time doing all the main things, uh, the, you know, the welfare, the caring, um, providing the shelter needed and the dog walkers can take the animal out and get them out of the cage. And as a dog walker, we get steps in, you know, yeah. I think my average walk is about just over three kilometers, um, you know, per dog. So I mm-hmm. think that's, it's a good way to get myself outside and also to, um, to help the shelter out. That's great. And, uh, the, so the organization, the shelter is called Pets Haven. That's right. Yes, Pets Cool. Well, it sounds like they've they've got all the volunteers they need. But uh, listeners, check out Pets Haven and and uh, go give them a hand. Or it's a it's a pet rescue, so you could adopt from there as well. Is that right? You can adopt it from there too. And yeah, their um, their motto in terms of uh, pro life, you know, that's their big focus is you know, giving animals an opportunity to to live. Uh, I think it's amazing. That's good. Yeah, that's one of the things that terrifies i think a lot of people when they when they have to give up a pet you worry that they're going to have to put the pet down because they can't find a home for it so it's it's good yes, and pets even, they try to work on the, the different angle where if you have to give it up bring it here and we're going to do our best to give them a second chance and i think their success rate is fantastic at the moment as far as i know that's terrific so you've got uh gridiron obviously off season at the moment i assume um we know that you walk dogs <laughs> uh, what else what else keeps you going you it's clear that you like to fill your time what do you get up to when you're not working uh, not working and not walking dogs is it that obvious that i i, I like to uh, burn the candles on all ends it's pretty clear <laughs> uh, in terms of since the industry shut down dog walking has been one of my big things um, that's more of what i call my doing good uh, process uh, one of the other things I've been trying to do is to uh, be good, and that's a focus on upskilling to learn. So I'm currently doing a, uh, a leadership and management uh, course. I'm doing a uh, nutrition course. I'm doing a, um, a mental well-being and health well-being course, oh, and terrific. I'm also working on trying to learn how to play the piano. The piano again. Can't give it up. Can't give that one up. It's a it's a good therapy, That's no matter good. where you are in life. So the uh, the leadership and the the mental well being is that all for your own benefit or with a view to uh, taking that on as as on a, a part time career on top of Snap? No, good one. I would say all <laughs> of the above. Okay. Uh, I think if if I my big thing now is I'm trying to create a way that I can help more people with the two hands that I have. Um, and so to me, one of the best ways to do that is to upskill, uh, in any way possible. Uh, cause then it's, if I can't help someone directly, maybe I can help them indirectly by knowing who to go to or where to go to. That's cool. Um, what are you, you're obviously a very active guy, Damien, but what are you into, uh, in terms of, um, TV, movies, reading, all that sort of thing? 
Or do you at all? Ooh. Not everybody does. Men, uh, look, uh, minimal time. Uh, my, I've introduced my son to a pup named Scooby Doo, which is a, a <laughs> one of my one of my childhood TV shows. Um, so I've been slowly trying to work that in with him, but he is at the age where it's still slightly scary. So That's we cool. um, we're gonna be able to look. Not to be honest, not not much time is spent uh, on TV. But look, if I was to watch, I like I like a really good movie. I'm really into the uh, the John Wick trilogy. Oh yeah, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Ken Reeves is a, a, a look outstanding actor. I think he's he's done just about any role you can think of. And yeah. I like that he, he does his own stunts. Um, I'm really into the sci-fi, you know, the alien coming over to save the world type. Uh, <laughs> those are some so, of my favorite things. Too. Action and blockbusters by the sound of it. Yeah, action and blockbusters. And look, I really like a good psychological thriller. And that's cool. probably my, my more go-to. Uh, if I'm not into action, it'll be... A, psychological thriller one of those movies that just leaves you like what just happened mm-hmm. so so uh clearly whether it's physical activity or or just sitting on the couch you can't help but have your heart racing at all times but yeah something like that yes <laughs> i don't sit on the couch the only time i sit on the couch is to open the laptop to do work so yeah, cool. um, that's part of the main thing oh we couldn't be any more different <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, and as a, a side note, you mentioned uh, Scooby-Doo before. I discovered the other day, it, it blew my mind. I don't know how familiar you are with it, but Transformers was one of my favorite shows when I was a kid. And uh, Megatron, the big bad guy, he's got this real gravelly, evil voice. voice. Yeah. yeah, it kind of sounds like Liam Neeson sometimes. A little bit, yeah. Well, same voice that did Scooby-Doo. Yeah, was it? Yeah, which is incredible. The 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 diversity. I mean, we know what Scooby Doo sounds like. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, that's from one side to one side to the other. That's amazing. Spectrum. That's right. Yeah, um, we're we're close to wrapping it up, Damien. Is there any? Um, I, I ask all of all of the guests that I've had on the show so far. Uh, you're the third. I'm I'm uh, glad to say, um, and I'm very honoured. Uh, I've been very glad to have you on. Is there any uh, advice, um, and clearly you, you are involved in so many different things, but is there any advice that you could offer uh, a Maroonda citizen resident if they were thinking about opening a business, especially considering you studied business, um, if they were thinking about opening a business in the area? Is there any advice you could offer there? Well... I think you'd probably want to speak to uh, Phil, who uh, runs Goldilocks um, Bakery. He's he's the business guru. Guru, uh-huh. um, I love the guy. So if you ever get a chance to speak to him, yeah, Phil Koch. I think it's Koch is how you pronounce his and that, last name. That's in the Arndale shops down there. Yeah, no, yep. that's in the Eastfield shops. The, oh, Eastfield, uh, okay. Goldilocks. Yeah, Goldilocks uh, Bakery. He's a phenomenal guy, uh, great business mind, and I'm actually hoping he would take me under as an understudy. But look, my uh, that's cool. My advice. I think my advice to be is it's to be uh, to be genuine. Um, one of the things I really I really like about Australia and you know Melburnians and Croydonians so far is um, you're all just uh, genuine people overall. Um, you know the genuine care factor for you know the business and the fact that you know someone is you know putting all their time, work, and effort into creating something that they can, you know, either be entertained by, you know, restaurants or music, whatever it might be. Um, the support from the, the local communities has always been amazing, not just from Snap Fitness, but any of the businesses that I see here, um, everyone is willing to give someone a chance. I, I think you all call it a, a fair go uh, <laughs> yeah. in, here in Australia. And yep. uh, look, I think it's, it's probably one of the things is being genuine um, I, to me is if you're going into business to make money, then you know, you've got to choose the right business. But I think if you're going into business to provide uh, a resource to the people, then I think it's a lot more genuine 
it's not work, it's pleasure. Mm -hmm. um, it's what you'd enjoy doing. Uh, and I think if you're looking to start up a business, be willing to put in the hard yards uh, to start with, because it is the first, let's just say 24 to 36 months, you know, you're probably working 60 plus hours a week yeah. uh, to try to make your dream come true. Uh, it is worth it, but it doesn't come uh, at a cheap price. That's good advice. There's definitely a theme there. I've, I've now spoken, in addition to yourself, with Dale from the Public Brewery and a number of other businesses that he runs, and uh, Mark at Mad Ram Cafe uh, in Croydon as well. And there's Both both are really great guys. They really are, uh, Mark, and there's a clear yeah, theme. Yeah, Mark and uh, Dale. Yeah, yeah, great people. Absolutely, and there's a clear theme there about um, the involvement and support of the community in embracing these businesses, and and therefore the proprietors as well being involved in the community. And it, it talks a fair bit, I think, to the sort of um, family feeling of the area. And it is a family-oriented um, city that we live in, so it's. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And your and our council, uh, I'm sure they probably catch a lot of uh, flack from people, but um, I really. I can't say enough about what they've done to make this a, a, a community and family oriented area. You know, we've got the bike tracks, we've got the Torala Creek trail, which apparently used to be a flood zone. Oh. Uh, but you know, as now as you can walk through there, um, you know, the libraries were doing uh, shows for kids online while we were in the shutdown. Yeah. That's really uh, cool. Yeah. They've, they've, they've done a lot, you know, bike paths put in and, you know, now is trying to get cyclists off the road, but also still make it, a, a cycling environment uh you know it's nice and green the streets are clean in most cases you know they got a skate park to allow you know kids and teens and um young adults to go out and burn some energy so i, I think definitely hats off to our marinda council and yes we have to pay the rates and all those things but they really do i think give us our money's worth in most cases and yes our community uh hands down one of the most supportive communities in melbourne that's really cool um now I can tell you don't have a critical bone in your body, but is there <laughs> is there anything about the great city of Maroondah that you'd you'd like to see uh, improve or evolve in the years ahead? Uh, that's a good one because I'm quite old-fashioned. I'm uh, even though I've travelled a lot, I'm still a small town boy. I guess I'd like to say sure. I, you know, I like the feel of creating, and it's still like a town. There's still people with yards and. You know, you can walk to your local store and shop. Um, from when I've been doing the dog walks, uh, we walk on the the Tarala Creek bike trail. So it, it connects Bayswater Road to Canterbury Road if you're a cyclist. Yep. Um, one of the things that we've noticed by walking through there, that they don't have very many trash cans. Um, That's sure, true. I'm sure, sure there might be a reason why. But, yeah, so if we wanted to look for a trash can from the time we left the animal shelter, we pretty much have to walk about close to two kilometers till we find the nearest trash can, which is at a, a football oval or a football field. Mm -hmm. um, that's probably the only, I guess, critical bone I would have at the moment. I, as I said, I think they're doing well. But, yeah, just a couple of trash cans just to, one, make sure that people don't waste. But, you know, you're probably going to get a lot of dog poop bags in there. But at least if the dog poop ends up in the trash and or a landfill than it does in a um, someone's backyard. Yeah, well, that's some some good feedback for the city there. Uh, and if that's your only uh, only point of concern with the city, I think they're doing pretty well. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah, I think they're doing I think they're doing very very well too. And like I said, hats off to them.
That's awesome. Uh, and of course, because the show is about connecting the, the citizens and businesses of Maroonda, of course, there are many ways you can do that, but this is my contribution. Are there any, any groups or community, um, as I say, groups or businesses that you would like to offer a shout out for before we wrap up? Well, look, I could probably roll out a, a, quite a few lists. Um, look, I'll work with some of the ones. Uh, Korean Cinema. Um, of course, I love that. I, I, look, I don't, I don't know if people are aware. I just, you know, it, it used to be way back when is you had to, you know, go a fair distance to, to get to your local movie theater to, to watch the new release, and you kind of had to make it a day so you can travel there and back. Mm. Um, I think Korean cinema fantastic. It's you know you can watch new releases. They've got art house films, and we can walk there in most cases. Most families can literally just you know take a bike with the kids, and you can walk to your local uh, Korean cinema and watch a movie. Uh, they've been around for as long as I've been here. Oh, they've been they, here for decades, are, absolutely decades. They've been here forever, and you know I've known a lot of the managers that have come through, and they support uh, a lot of our member socials, and we try to support them. Uh, who else can I look at? Uh, Charlie's Chocolate Bouquets. They've been uh, one of my biggest saviors during shutdown because I've done a few giveaways and they've been the first one to put their hands up and say, hey, uh, whatever you need, you let us know. Uh, they've been awesome. Legacy Pilates has been awesome also. Um, we've also had the Perfect Beauty Spot, which is ran by one of our members, Nicole. Um, you know, being a local business who shut down, uh, she still finds a way to support other businesses until she can get back on her feet, which mm-hmm. is great. Uh, look, I, I think, uh, man, um, who else we have? We got Michael. Uh, he works at Lotorio's on Main Street. Uh, he is said by many people in the community to be one of the nicest people, one of the nicest men around. So um, just a few of the shout outs. Uh, Happy Days Donuts, uh, Marcus and Michael. They're a new guys. addition. I've, I've been yet to, yet to go in there, actually. But um... uh, look, they make, uh, by for, they make a fantastic burger. Uh, they make a great hot dog. I'm a hot dog person, and so that doesn't surprise uh, from, me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> my American, my American bone runs quite deep, and they make a great hot dog. Um, and look, they're just they're always up for a bit of banter and a bit of laugh, but they mean well. And if anything, they know this community inside and out. Uh, Marcus has been a business owner in this area. I'd probably say going at least 15 years. Um, so he's evolved as Corden has evolved, which I think is an amazing uh, feat. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, my guy Graham at the good company, uh, if you ever want, whenever we can get back in and sit down and eat, uh, the good company is just a fantastic food experience. Um, Graham and family, Kate, his wife, and they just, they run great customer service. The food is delicious. The dessert's great. Uh, the vibe is wonderful. And, Look, I could probably go on and on about local businesses, so I'll, I'll leave it there. But thanks to all, thanks to all the businesses that have supported us um, over the almost ten years and helped us get to where we need to, or provided resources or support. And we hope we can do the same for uh, any and everyone when the time comes. That's great. That's really cool. Um, Damien, thank you so much for coming on the show. I feel like, um, well, actually, it, it is true that the first few businesses uh, that I've spoken with have been in Croydon. I live in Croydon, so that is where I started off from. But um, I can say, even only knowing you for a short time, that you are clearly one of the um, standout contributors to the, the vitality of our community. So I thank you for that. And um, thank you for coming on the show, mate. I hope you get to get back uh, in the gym you, soon. Mike. And, um, and me thank too. You. Look, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you to the community that might be listening to this. Um, like I said, I really do think that uh, we're doing a, a decent job of pulling together and 
helping each other along, but I don't think it stops here. I think it's something that we ingrain in our genes, our blood to, you know, look after our local community because they will look after us. So thank you, Mike, for what you're doing. I think it's fantastic. Um, and I'm looking forward to uh, hearing what Dale had to say because he's also one of my uh, role models. It's a really good episode. The The title of that show is uh, It's a Funny Story because he's got no, a, he's got it. a few. <laughs> I love it. Like I said, he's a great guy too. So look, thank you for having me. And look, I'm wishing you and everyone well, and I hope everybody has an awesome day. Fantastic. Thank you, Damien. I'll see you soon, I hope. Thanks, Michael. Until we speak again, sir. Cheers. Bye, Thanks mate. for your time.